Welcome to Lost Levels Club. I have with me tonight Sir Michael. Hello. And myself, Timothy. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I don't know why I said hello twice. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm really not quite right. I'm really not quite right in the head today. What's that? I, I don't even know anymore. I don't even know what's going on anymore. We have a book club for games. But not today. Today, we are going to talk about what we're currently playing. And the Steam Spring Cleaning. The, the freebies on the Epic Game Store. And remakes and remasters, again. But different. Okay. <laughs> Let's start with the Steam Spring Cleaning event, which is, is it the second, third year? Third year that's been running? Is it? I think it's the second. It's the only, it, this is only the second time I remember it. Okay. I might have totally missed it one year, though. Who knows? So I want to talk about the event, what you thought of it, what you played, what happened. Oh, I mean, for me personally, I basically totally missed it because i clicked on it in steam and it said ends on the 29th and i was like okay cool i've got till the 29th to deal with this and just because it was easy i played a couple of games because they were already installed i was like oh yeah i've got that installed i've got that installed played it for five seconds closed the game got the credit whatever then 29th comes around and i was like okay i've got to get the steam spring cleaning done because it's the last day. Opened up Steam. Didn't see it. I was like, oh, that's odd. It's not on the front page. Found the link to it. Clicked on the link. And it said, ends 10 a.m. CST 28th. I was like, oh, wait. That's like 10 a.m. or something on the 29th in Hong Kong. CST? So, you, don't, you don't mean CST. CST. Central Standard Time. Not China Standard Time. Oh, good. Okay. The, the American CST. Not the Chinese CST. Isn't that CET, just in case someone corrects us in the future? You know what? I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Fine, fine. All I mean is... All I mean is it ended on the morning of the 29th, not the evening. So, whoops. So, I didn't do like 95% of the steam spring cleaning. Actually, I did more than 5%. Don't math me. I didn't do most of it. But what's your reaction to the the event? I mean, when you saw it, did you think, oh, shit, let's look through the list, let's build a list, let's work out what I'm going to play. Do you care? Was it just, oh, what's this? Just click one randomly and let's play it. And just quickly get the badge. Get the badge as quick as possible with the least effort. I mean, that is actually my normal approach to <laughs> Steam Spring Cleaning. I say normal. I mean, from my memory, we've only done it once before. But uh, yes, that is how I would approach the event. And, and that's why I clocked off very quickly Time Machine, which is like the first game you played on Steam or something. I did Half-Life 2 and Trusted Human Friend, which is play a game that someone recommended to you. And I played Sleeping Dogs for like five seconds again, because I had both of those games installed already. They're the only ones I did. But being more sensible about it, I feel like they were using this as a vehicle for their what to play next shelf. Because there's a new what we think you should play next shelf in the Steam UI. And one of the Steam spring cleaning categories was basically games from that shelf. And they were actually really good suggestions. So for me, it suggested Transistor, Life is Strange or Pyre. And those are all games where it's like, oh yeah, I have those games and I wanted to play them. Good suggestion, Steam. 
I mean, I didn't play them because none of them are installed. But if I'd had more time, I totally would have tried to play one of those probably for more than five seconds. What did you do? I respected the... Say I respected the cleaning event. I didn't play these games for 45 minutes. I didn't play... It's all a relative thing, isn't it? Relative. Compared to you, I did an amazing job. You sure did. And I know, I always want to play more, but I can't. But what I did play, I played Tomb Raider 2013. Have you played that? I have not. I think this franchise would have done a lot better if Uncharted hadn't come along. It really fills that void, but it it is slightly worse. The story is not as engaging it's it takes itself too seriously i think i mean tomb raider 2013 was essentially a reboot of tomb raider in the style of uncharted is that fair or unfair fair and unfair it's not trying to be light like uncharted it's not trying to you know uncharted tries to be like indiana jones and it doesn't take itself too seriously and I had Half-Life 2 appear in three of my suggestions. So that was a no-brainer. What? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So you got credit for three things by playing Half-Life 2? Yeah. This is the benefit of having a smaller library. This is disgusting. I feel robbed. <laughs> wow. What? You're of... like, you're, I'm sorry. It's like you're in the remedial class. <laughs> you're like, yay, well done. You played Half-Life 2. 50% already. <laughs> I would have preferred Mike without the coffee. That is just too much, that is. That's too good. I'm sorry. When you played Half-Life 2, what did you pick up? Did you just do a load game and you continued on from X point? Yeah, I had a random save on this computer from the opening chapter. So I randomly just like, yeah, continued, played for like, a couple of minutes and i was like oh yeah half-life 2 this used to be cutting edge and then quit fine it's been a long time since half-life 2 actually it's quite interesting to see how it's aged lastly i want to talk about csgo have you played new csgo not recently at all i i have played it a tiny bit but like we're talking a couple of hours. The art style has changed so much from what I remembered it, but maybe it has always been like this and I wanted you to tell me. In what sense has it changed? Like, how do you remember it and what's it like now? I remember it being serious and gritty and now it's vibrant and colourful. Are you thinking of CS Source rather than CS Go? CS Source, yeah. Because CS Source... I do think conventions and gaming have changed because like CS Source, yes, it was from the brown period of gaming when everything was trying to be gritty and ended up just looking brown. Whereas CSGO is the start of the current esports thing where everyone wants flashier guns and people are running around with like neon dayglow pink SMGs and rainbow shivs to shank people with i don't know okay so it's always been like this i mean i don't know it's always been like this because you know because i haven't really played it since inception i've only played a tiny amount myself but yeah it wouldn't surprise me if it started out like cs source and then slowly slid towards taste the rainbow as more weapon skins were added because you know you've got to give people what they want and what they want is the brightest, shiniest gun for some reason. I, why? I don't know. Because you want to feel special. You want the special skins. You don't want default skins. Come on. I d- I'm always surprised in like Warzone or, you know, PUBG or something, you know, in one of these Battle Royale games where there I am hiding in a bush with my somber clothing and weapon and someone comes frolicking along in, you know, a pink bunny suit carrying a bright blue gun or something but then they kill me because they're a much better shot than me that's why they're that's why they have such shiny equipment i don't know 
Because you think, no, at that point, the camo is not really serving its purpose now, is it? Yeah, that's that's the thing. I think, well, no, it's like, you know, when you start out, you're camouflaged like a moth, right? You're like, you don't see me, you don't see me, you don't see me. And then when you get really good, you're camouflaged like a poison arrow frog, you know? You're like, look at me, because I'm going to shoot you in the face. I'm the deadliest creature in this jungle. It's true. It's true. Talking of skins, we should segue straight into COD Warzone. Which is what I've been playing a lot of, still. I mean, actually, I have played other stuff. But let's get COD Warzone out of the way. Because... I've played a lot of COD Warzone in the past week since I was playing it with friends. I was level 80 something on the battle pass. And, you know, it's like, oh, we've got loads of time left. We've got like a month left to finish the battle pass. And then we just basically didn't play COD. We played other stuff, which, you know, I'll get to in a bit. And so it was the last week of the battle pass. And because I'm slightly mad and a completionist. Actually, I'm not always, but for some reason, COD just does this to me now that I've bought into it. I think it's because I spent money on the Battle Pass. And I think it's also because last season, I was so close to maxing out the level and the Battle Pass, and I like failed by a tiny amount. Actually, we didn't talk about that, did we? Not yet, no. Last time we talked about Call of Duty, and I think I said I was level... 121 or 122 and that was the weekend you know like four days before the reset we recorded and i did an extreme grind and i managed to max out the battle pass and i got to rank 154 and like 60 percent of the way to 155 which is the max rank at which point you got a legendary skin and i was so annoyed because the pass reset just before I was able to finish that last 40%. So this season, I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to max my rank and I'm going to max the battle pass. And so I was just grinding to finish the battle pass on my own because my friends were just like, yeah, I can't be bothered. And I was like, I'm going to finish this battle pass. So I was just like, (laughs) I was just literally playing shipment for hours. Shipment being this tiny tiny map but it's basically the most efficient way to get xp because kill counts on shipment are always really high because there's literally nowhere to there's nowhere to hide you basically just like spawn and just start shooting you're veteran veteran of cod how does the battle pass level up is it based on xp is it based on time is it based it's based on xp 100 percent. i am 100 percent certain the more xp you earn the more the battle pass goes up it's not based on time. It's not based on time. I mean, if you're playing Warzone, I think a large percentage of it will be time because you get XP from the amount of time you survived. But there's a significant difference when you're playing something like Shipment between getting a score in the low thousands versus getting a score, you know, 10,000, 15,000, whatever. You can see a very significant difference in the amount it goes up. Shouldn't the Battle Pass level up at the same in line with the other XP thing? It does. Oh, it does level up? Yeah, okay. but, but for some oh. reason, this season, I maxed out my rank ages ago, but it was a real grind to finish the Battle Pass. In fact, there was double XP, and the double XP, it said it had like, you know, 16 hours left. And I was like, okay, I've got 16 hours to finish the Battle Pass. And then I clicked into the battle pass and it said like two hours left. And I was like, wait, what? Because I assumed that the double XP in the battle pass had the same remaining time. But actually the double XP period was longer than the battle pass period. So I was like, oh no, I'm definitely not going to finish the battle pass. And I was just like, well, I just have to accept it. I'm going to have to either spend money to buy levels, which I'm not going to do, or... You know, even if I grind as hard as I can possibly grind, I'm not going to be able to finish the battle pass with like two hours left. But then actually, the countdown hit zero and the battle pass just stayed there. The season three battle pass just kept going. And I played another match after it was zero and I got XP for it 
and it went up another level and i was like huh and then i went on to the reddit for modern warfare and i saw a pinned post saying season four is delayed because of the protests in the u.s which is fair enough actually like the u.s protests probably long overdue anyway at least i finished the battle pass because it turns out season three it's still on i finally finished it thursday night and that's why on friday i was like i can go to bed thank goodness anyway what have you been playing i'm still playing Baldur's gate 2 i don't know why i insist on playing Baldur's gate 2 like this I can't see it through to the end in one go. I, I can't believe you have... You've been playing Baldur's Gate 2 basically since we've been doing this podcast. I think I'm really close. I think I'll finish it in time for Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah, now it's finally got a time limit on it. Which is good. So I'm about to start the final chapter, chapter 7. Have one fight, then chapter 7 begins, and it's the home stretch. Yeah, you must be a handful of hours away from the end. And I think, at this point, I'm quite well... I don't appreciate the difficulty curve in Baldur's Gate 2, but I think I'm sufficiently leveled that it shouldn't be too tricky. Who's your party? Oh, who's in it? Um, no, I wish you could. I wish you had to answer these, because I don't... Oh, I know the names. But I don't know if I, I'm pronouncing them right. That's the worry. It's fine. <laughs> Minsk? Chihira? Emowen, Keldorn, and who's the A dude? Who's a knight of, you know. I know the guy you mean. Anomen? Yes, that's Anomen. Yeah, one of those two. Yeah, I don't know how to say his name either. I've only seen it written down. So how does that sound? Seems decent. Seems like a party of goody two-shoes. Obviously, what did you expect? My fear always is I don't have enough high-level spells in my locker. But I've beaten all the dragons so far, so if I can take dragons on, I think I can do it. I think your party's quite different to mine. Obviously, I last played this a long, long time ago. I think I had more spellcasters, but that's just because I love spellcasting. But spellcasting makes all the difference. Oh, it's been a pain trying to find the spells to take down people. Because when you're taking down dragons, for instance, you need spells. Well, I, I think you can either go the route of buffing your warriors and punching them in the face, or you can do the super cheesy debuff everything and then finger of death. I'd rather do the super cheesy way. But it feels kind of ludicrous. If I'm honest, like I do think the noble go into battle and hit things with your sword way feels more sensible than the sending the sword guy as a distraction while all your mages cast breach and then like pew pew with a finger and they just suddenly die. It just seems, it just seems dumb, <laughs> but I mean, it's effective, but it, I feel like it's cheating almost. I, I have no respect for those kind of things. I mean, if I can find a piece of armor or equipment that helps me cheese, I'm going to do it. I don't care if a piece of armor or equipment is overleveled or overpowered. And the other one, GTA 4, I don't know if, you, if you've been following it. They've removed the Games for Windows Live integration now. I did not know that. So you could actually play it now. Yeah, I think the problem was they couldn't generate more keys as people bought more copies of the game. So they had to strip it out. Oh, really? So basically, greed made them finally fix the problem. They were like, you can't play the game you bought. Oh no, what a shame. And now they're like, wait, we can't sell you a broken game? <laughs> okay, fine, we'll fix it. And they sort of, they gave you the DLC as well. It's part of the upgrade. And it's one of those, actually all these games I've mentioned so far up to now, I've played with Max Graphics, which is one of the benefits of playing really old games. Yeah, of course you can, because it's a game from, like, the early 2000s, right? But for a long time, people complained about it not being optimised, but things are so... It doesn't matter when you smash it with 2020 tech. <laughs> yes. And all these, you know, on, on if I play these on consoles, they would look terrible. But play on a PC, you can just, you know, they may still look terrible, at least you can play them in native res. I think I've never played GTA 4. 
I should I should give it a go. Now that it actually works, it, it can be somewhere on the two thousand game backlog or whatever it is these days. Do you have it? Uh, yeah, I have it. <laughs> of course, I have it. It was on sale at some point, and I bought it. Yeah, I have a problem. It's a good problem. Let's finish off your list. So, what have I been playing? Monster Train, which I said last time, it's another game kind of like Slay the Spire. And I watched Northern Lion play it and misplay it. And again, I was just like, I need to buy this game to play it properly. I really think Northern Lion is a 4D chess kind of like, you know, companies give him games early to play because they know it's going to generate sales because people get so frustrated watching him play the game so suboptimally that they're like, I just need to, I need to buy this game so I can play it properly. So I bought the game to play it properly. It's really good. It's, it's really surprising actually, because it's like Slay the Spire in many ways, but it's also totally different at the same time. It's, it's quite surprising that mechanically it can be so similar and yet play actually really quite differently. And it really makes me think, wow, how much potential is there in the roguelike deck building space? Like how many other really interesting games can you generate from card mechanics with an energy mechanic? You know, it it surprises me, but it, it's a really good game. It's actually very polished. I think it looks better than Slay the Spire as well. Like I think the art style is just better or it looks more polished. But is the game better or different? I, I feel like it's slightly more tiring to play mentally, but that might just be because I've just been genuinely more tired recently because of all the cod. And I don't know, but it, when I first bought it, I thought, I'm just going to play a quick run just to see what it's like. And literally two hours passed without me realizing it's very engaging i haven't really figured out how to cheese it but i feel like there's a lot of synergies like things that are unexpected like i've done stuff and then realized like oh i've accidentally done a really good build you know this deck actually really works well because this card works with this card it's very clever actually because slay the spire you have characters like hero characters, and that determines the cards you can put in your deck. So Monster Train, you instead kind of have factions, and you choose two factions at the start of the game. So there's like your major faction, which determines the hero, or champion actually they call it. And that gives you something like to start building your deck around to begin with. And then you can choose a secondary faction, and you'll get spells from that faction as well at the start. And you can draft units from that faction as well. So you actually have quite a lot of variety in the kind of decks you can build. Because you essentially get to choose two sets of cards to draw from. And each of those will allow you to make different synergies. I don't know. You could spend ages explaining it. And I'm obviously not going to do that now. But it's a very good roguelite deck builder. It's definitely worth playing. I think... You know, given when it released, I think it's safe to say Slay the Spire is slash was the best deck builder of, you know, the 2010s. And I would say Monster Train is currently the best deck builder of the 2020s. I mean, obviously, we're very early in the 2020s, so who knows what's going to come later. But at the moment, I would say it's the best. Not that I've played a lot of them. I'm, I'm basing this entirely on what I've seen Northern Line misplay. Moving on. Scrap Mechanic. So Scrap Mechanic recently released a survival mode. And this is basically what all my friends decided to migrate to when they got fed up of seizure-inducing gunfights and explosions in shipment on COD. They were just like, oh, we want a break from COD. Let's all play Scrap Mechanic. So we've been playing Scrap Mechanic. It's a game about building vehicles and in the survival mode, farming. So you have to farm fruit and veg and then build contraptions to 
more efficiently farm and then package up the fruit and veg and drive the packaged fruit and veg up to like shipping stations and then that'll give you other items but you know the the core gameplay loop is get resources build vehicles and then use those vehicles to like transport resources or gather more resources so they're kind of like big trees or big rocks where you need a vehicle to like harvest them in fact i think the only way to get metal like real high quality metal is to mine it from big rocks and that requires a vehicle ai vehicles or no no no. you build the vehicles out of blocks and there's like a physics simulation of you know how powerful your engine is and what your suspension's like and you just build these vehicles out of blocks and drive them around it's actually pretty cool you drive them yourself yeah you drive them yourself there's like a driver's seat and you control the throttle and you know you can you can choose how the steering works so you can invert it you could invert it if you were a sadist or you know like i think everyone was playing and they just made the front wheel steer and then like my innovation when i was playing and building my car is i made the back wheels steer in the opposite sense so my turning circle on my car was much faster and then we had a friend who basically decided to defy all the laws of physics so he was just like i'm fed up of farming for petrol i'm just going to exploit the physics engine so he found basically a design for a car that doesn't require fuel so there are pistons in the game that you can control you know whether they extend or contract and you can connect them up to like a controller block which will make the pistons extend and contract in a particular sequence and he basically connected them to a crankshaft and made them extend and contract in such a way that it made the crankshaft rotate and so basically he made a car that's just powered by nothing you you know like how in a real car you know you've got the piston in the internal combustion engine that's going up and down because of you know exploding fuel but that's connected to you know well a crankshaft in such a way that that up and down motion gets converted into rotational motion so he basically built that except instead of fuel making the piston go up and down the pistons just go up and down because they're connected to this controller block What's powering the controller block? Well, nothing. Because obviously the controller <laughs> block is intended to be used for extending or contracting your piston because it's being used to control like a door. You know, like you might connect up and have it raise and lower a door, right? But he instead connected it and basically made a crankshaft. I was like, this is genius. This is amazing. <laughs> so like while the rest of us were out harvesting oil to make petrol he was busy defying the laws of physics and making a perpetual motion machine and then i came back the next weekend he's like guys i made a better perpetual motion machine and he instead had rigged up all these bearings and made like one bearing rotate another bearing which rotated another bearing and so on and basically like the amplifying force of all these bearings turning made wheels turn at actually quite a rapid clip because you know usually again like the pistons you can hook up a controller block and make it turn a bearing which again is meant to be used for like opening a gate but it's quite slow but you can make a bearing turn a rod connected to another bearing which turns a rod connected to another bearing and so obviously the amplifying force of all of these things turning together means the one on the end actually turns at a large number of revolutions per minute which means it's actually fast enough to be a vehicle and so now we've all just built those instead so it's like screw fossil fuels we've got renewable energy now and then Finally, I've actually been playing Fortnite because <laughs> I have a friend in the UK who, for some reason, has just decided to take up Fortnite. And he he just messaged me and was like, do you want to play Fortnite? And I was like, okay. So I've been playing Fortnite. Fortnite is surprising in that. Like, Fortnite has added so much. So it's not like a battle royale anymore. Well, I mean, it is obviously a battle royale, but it's also kind of like an RPG. Like, you get experience points, and, like, the map knowledge is so... You know, like, PUBG. Map knowledge is basically knowing the sight lines you might get shot from. And then Apex, Warzone, there are some Easter eggs on the map as well. But again, map knowledge is mostly knowing which areas have high tier loot knowing you know you can be seen from this mountain if you're standing here or something but 
for, the very first game I played, he was like, okay, I think we should land on this island that's in the middle of nowhere. I was like, okay, fine, land on this island. And I was like, oh, it's like a portaloo. It's just I can hide in it. And he was like, no, don't do it. And I, I, it was too late. I already pressed the button. And I went to hide in this portaloo. And it just played this animation of me like getting sucked down a pipe. And then I like popped into this secret base. And I was like, huh, what? And then these like AI controlled henchmen just turned around and killed me. And I was like, what happened? And he was like, oh, well, that portaloo is the entrance into the secret spy base. And I was like, what secret spy base? He was like, you know, that's the theme for this season. And I was like, no, I don't know. You, you need to explain this to me. Like, there's a whole spy theme and there are secret bases. And there are some other people, because I, I put it in squads mode by accident, actually. And the two other people in our squad just came into this secret base and like gunned down all the henchmen and then found some secret key and opened a vault and produced a load of legendary weapons and then just went off with these legendary guns and just did work. So... The map knowledge is crazy. Or, yeah, there are certain like high-level like boss enemies, AIs, which drop really high-tier guns, and you could just know where they are. Like he was like, "Oh, do you want to take on Meowser? Was it Meowser? I don't know. Some like AI that's like a giant burly cat, and he always drops like this high-tier SMG or something. So stuff like that, which you can only use for that round. Y- you can only use it for that round. Yes, but obviously." knowing you can guaranteed get a good weapon by killing this boss who always spawns at this place is quite useful map knowledge. You know, because killing, killing an AI is always much easier than trying to kill a player. So, you know, you can just get any trash weapon, take out this AI, get a top-tier weapon. Or other bits, like, even... There's a bit of the map that's like a swamp, and there's just, like, goo coming out of this pipe, and the goo fully heals you and maxes your shields. You just have to stand in this goo, and you just get healed to max. So it's like, oh, this is wild you know like just just knowing this stuff which obviously i don't know the question is do you want to know <laughs> i was just quite impressed i was actually i'm really i mean i guess this is why fortnite is still the number one it is actually they really change like the seasons genuinely change up quite a lot and add a lot of new content and it's it's actually fun like there's a whole story i was surprised I've never played Fortnite. That's why I'm so rude. I'm sorry. I mean, just by virtue of playing a lot of BRs, I'm not a bad shot. So we did okay. Got to top 10 several times. Came second several times. But in the end, it always comes down to fighting someone who builds like a 12-story hotel out of nothing and then shoots me with a rocket in the back of the head because I'm like, where did they go? What happened? Where did this building come from? Because I don't know how to build. And I also don't know how to deal with buildings because I just don't play Fortnite. You know, my my BR sense completely breaks down as soon as someone builds a large tower out of nowhere and I just don't know where to look. But it's fun. So I wanted to talk about all the free games that are coming to the Epic Games Store. It's getting ridiculous now, I think. There have been some real AAA hits for free. I, what's that? There was GTA V. Then there was Civ Six, Then there was the Borderlands Handsome Jack collection. Yes. And then I was like, what's going to come next? How are they going to top this? And then it was Overcooked. Not that there's anything wrong with Overcooked. Overcooked is a repeat, isn't it? It is a repeat. I already own it on Epic. I think that's a, like a last-minute replacement. You think? I was looking at Reddit, they were saying it was Ark. It was meant to be Ark. Mmm. And did you read about the, the, the future freebie, which is Total War Saga, Troy? Didn't know about this. So on the release date, it'll be available for for free for 24 hours. What? Yeah. When's the release date? Uh, I think it's 13th of August. Okay. I should set a calendar reminder to claim it. 
That's crazy. Is it an Epic Game Store exclusive or is it on Steam as well? But they just want to make sure you play it on Epic. I, I don't know. That I don't know. Because obviously, although it's free for the end user, I'm sure Epic are footing the bill for all the free copies. Yeah, obviously. I mean, the Epic sale is on now as well. And again, it's just like ludicrously good value because they give you a $10 voucher. And if you buy something over, I think it's like fifteen ninety nine or something, then you can use the voucher and they give you another voucher as well. So I must admit, I bought Tetris Effect because it was like 16 something Carada, which means it was actually $6, basically. But this, I think one of the, there are publishers who aren't happy with these deals well i think they're worried that it devalues their game yeah because they're getting the money for it anyway like they chose to sell it at that price and whether or not you can use the epic voucher to take ten dollars off epic is footing the bill for that not the publisher or not the developer so for witcher 3 they changed their price from 14.99 to 14.98 yeah, so they wouldn't be eligible. But then there was immediately speculation that it's because it was going to be a free game. That would be incredible. Because maybe the reason they didn't want you buying it with a voucher is because then you'd be annoyed because actually you could have got it for free. Wow. For someone who claims not to know the news and just gets the news from the nose, actually that's, that's quite insightful. I saw it on Reddit. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I wanted to call out a couple more things. So they've introduced the need for two-factor authentication. And it made me question why we didn't open up 100 to 1,000 Epic accounts and start claiming all these keys and then sell these accounts on. The two-factor authentication, though isn't using you know like a one-time password generator like you can just set email as the two-factor authentication and you would have needed an email account anyway to sign up for the epic store oh really you can have email as yeah i've set email as my two-factor please don't have my email (laughs) oh then we should have done this anyway i'm just too lazy though you know what's what would you do with it You'd sell them? Of course. You'd sell the accounts. Who would you sell it to? The Russians. There you go. Well, the Russians don't care. They're, really, they've, they're more hardcore. They've already got these games already, I'm sure. Yeah. People who forgot to claim the game the first time round. Yeah, they were not paying that much though, are they? Because isn't the sum value of all the freebies... Over a thousand, over fifteen hundred. It probably is, but you're not going to be able to sell your account that's just accumulated freebies for over fifteen hundred. I mean, reselling an account is going to be difficult anyway, because like, how are you going to escrow the money? You know, one side's got to trust the other at some point. It's true, but eBay works. I don't think eBay will let you resell stuff like this. Oh no, no, no! I mean, there's that trust back in the day. I was surprised eBay would work at all. Mm, yeah, but eBay... You can, le- you can leave negative feedback. Yeah, come on, fine. guys. <laughs> people, ca- people really cared about that back in the day. I haven't used eBay for so long. Like, I think eBay's actually really morphed into like a different beast since the last time I used it. But I do remember back in the day, as soon as someone sold something on eBay, they were like, please leave me positive feedback. And like the feedback just got so ridiculous because... You know, in the early days, it started out actually quite, you know, reserved. Just like, yes, good seller. Goods arrived quickly. Good seller. And now it's like, hey, 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 plus, 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 best seller ever. It's like the ever escalating arms race of leaving positive feedback. You have to be even more positive to show you really mean it. Sorry, this is, this is another topic. Let's not go there. What do you make of all these freebies? It was only supposed to be until the end of year, wasn't it? Originally. That's what I thought. And then I think I said that they're just going to keep on going. They're going to keep on going until they've won enough market share. And I mean, they're certainly keeping on going. 
I guess they've got deep pockets from Unreal. Fortnite. Oh yeah, it's all that Fortnite money. You're right. I guess they they said till the end of the year because they don't know how long the Fortnite money train will keep going. I mean, a long time given how Fortnite is. I think it's interesting because the press are quick to to comment when Fortnite stumbles. It's because it's the king. Yeah, you know, everyone, whoever's number one, always gets a lot of attention. And Fortnite. It's it's funny though because like Fortnite has a lot of negative connotations too, right? Like you know, I was even I I say it's like oh I'm just getting shot by twelve year olds in Fortnite. You know, I'm sure not everyone who plays Fortnite is a twelve year old. I mean, obviously I'm not a twelve year old. The friend I'm playing with it is definitely not a twelve year old. But the connotation is that kids play Fortnite, right? And the thing that was interesting for me about playing Modern Warfare is that. Modern Warfare is basically Fortnite, let's be honest. Like, Warzone, Call of Duty Warzone, is basically Fortnite without the building. But the actual feel of the game is very Fortnite-like. Like, the fact that you can, like, parachute and cut your parachute and pop your parachute back out, that's straight out of Fortnite. Fortnite actually has reboot cards now, which is kind of like the Gulag mechanic. Actually, I guess it's close to the Apex, recover your banner, respawn beacon mechanic, but... I don't know, Fortnite, Fortnite's got a very kiddie-friendly skin on it. Modern Warfare is basically Fortnite for people who don't want to have angel wings and shoot pink bullets. Actually, they probably do want to shoot pink bullets. They're paying top dollar for that pink tracer pack. But you know what I mean. It's the building. The problem is the building. You're right. Modern Warfare is basically Fortnite without the building. And they'll never... They'll never have a no-build mode, right? I don't know. Anyway, more importantly, let's talk about personal highlights from all the freebies that you've collected because I'm sure your memory is failing you on this part, on this one. Or you just, you know, you're just clicking claim without even thinking about it. I am totally clicking claim on autopilot. I actually missed a lot in the beginning. I missed a lot of the early ones. Like, I remember distinctly, I missed Gungeon and I was really annoyed. And then someone else pointed out, why do you care? You already own it on Steam. I was like, yeah, but it's a really good game and I missed it. And they were like, you've got a problem. And I was like, yeah, I know I've got a problem. But I missed a lot of the early ones. So I think you've got some that I don't have. I actually just permanently have an Epic Game Store tab open in my browser now. And I just look at it every week and claim the game from the browser. But yeah, I am just totally claiming them on autopilot. What are your highlights anyway? I just put down one. Into the breach. I missed this one. <laughs> I have it on Steam though. Yeah, so you're fine. I was surprised because I could have put so many down here. But I like you, I do... Well, not like you because you have so many more games than I do. But I do, I do have games, and the problem is there's a lot of overlap. So that you know, there was Celeste was there, but I already have that. The Arkham trilogy, I already have those. Well, not Arkham Knight though, and things like Fez, I already have that. But one I've not played is Into the Breach. I'm really looking forward to it when I get around to it. So you haven't played it yet? No. We could do it as the book club game. Think about it. Think about it. ASMR. What are your highlights? I, I just looked through the list before this recording and just found a load of stuff I didn't realise I had. So for some reason, I'm kind of interested in this game called Gonna. I don't know why. It's just like this really weird looking roguelite. I think it's just something about the art style that appeals to me. So that looks interesting. It's free and I own it now. I should just play it for like five minutes, I guess. Kingdom Come Deliverance. Isn't that the weird game where it's kind of like Skyrim, but if you weren't the chosen one? Yeah, it's a tough life. Yeah, I'm kind of curious about that too. So I, sh I should just play it. Arkham Knight. It's the only like mainline Arkham game I haven't played. 
and totally accurate battle simulator. I actually wanted to play this the other day. I actually saw Northern Lion play it and was like, Northern Lion. And I wanted to play it just to see how to play it properly. And I was pretty sure I owned it. So I opened up Steam and looked for it. And I was like, oh, I guess I was wrong. I don't own it. Turns out I own it on Epic. So I was both right and wrong. It's a good thing you didn't buy it. Good thing I didn't buy it again, yeah. And finally, because there's, I feel like there's a long way to go still with these free games, I wanted to hear your predictions. <laughs> what are your predictions? I predicted The Witcher 3. I mean, that's a good safe one. I mean, I guess Reddit predicted that for me, but that's a good idea. That's a good idea. I'd like Witcher 3. Because GTA 5 has changed everything, I just I just went for it. I put Half-Life 2 and Portal 2. I, I'm sorry, that's like the most insane <laughs> suggestion I've ever heard. I mean, that's... That's like Sony giving away Halo as the PSN Plus game or something. It would be, yeah. Of course, because they're competitors. I know. I know it's ridiculous, but after GTA 5, I was very surprised. And I put another one, which is quite ridiculous. I think Minecraft. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I mean, it's not as ridiculous as it might have been in the past. Because Microsoft own Minecraft now. And Microsoft are quite sensible. But I still think it would be a really left field thing. Actually, which version of Minecraft? Sorry, I forget that actually there's the Windows Store version now. In my head, there's only one true Minecraft, which is the Java version. But actually, I guess there's already a Minecraft on an App Store. So maybe it's not that crazy. And then finally I put down Mass Effect Trilogy and Remake. Remake. Is there a remake? You just wish for a remake. We'll talk about that next. Good segue. Seamless. We have talked about remasters and remakes. Did we have an entire episode called Reboots, Remakes, I don't know. But yeah, we did talk about it before. Why are we talking about it again? Because it's gone into overdrive, I feel. And we never took the opportunity to talk about what we wanted or we wanted to see. Did we? Did we? I don't, I don't remember, if I'm honest. Yeah, I think it's really gone into overdrive. So this year we've already had Resident Evil 3, Final Fantasy 7 Remake. Last year we had Resident Evil 2 announced. The big announcement recently was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. That's a surprise to me. That was actually a real surprise. Because it just came out of nowhere. I mean... Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2, they were classic games. Right? Like they, they were real classic games. And they were they were so popular at the time as well. There was like the skateboarding renaissance, wasn't there? Like everyone wanted to be a skateboarder. I think even I had a skateboard. <laughs> I could do an ollie. I couldn't do a kickflip. So you, you played these? I have played them, yes. But not very much. Like I didn't own them. Some friends owned them and I played them at their place. And then I sent over a list of upcoming confirmed remakes. I can't tell whether we're beginning to scrape the barrel as well. Some of them seem kind of random to me, but it might be just that I didn't play them the first time round. So I just don't get their importance. 
or like I wasn't in the zeitgeist. I don't know. Like SpongeBob, Bikini Bottom, whatever. Like I, I don't get that. Like why, why remake this? But maybe I'm just missing something, and actually everyone's going to be like, "Oh, you don't know about SpongeBob." I feel like we both just missed SpongeBob. Anyway, so I wanted to highlight Kingpin Reloaded. Why? I think I missed Kingpin too. Then I was played it good. King, um, no, it was not good. It was just was it? Was it? I don't remember. At the time, it felt super gory and it had the Cypress Hill soundtrack. Mm, yeah, it was famously gory, wasn't it? I don't know why they're remaking this. That's why I put it here. Yeah, it it, it is interesting, right? Because like, I think. Yeah, we we seem to have hit like some phase change, you know, before it was like, we're going to remake important games, we're going to remake games that people should play, but they missed them the first time around because they were too young or whatever, we're, we're capitalizing on nostalgia. And now it's like, lol, let's remake Kingpin. Maybe Kingpin was really important and I just didn't realize. I played Kingpin, I, even, I finished Kingpin. <laughs> what? There's no value to be had. Pack it up, boys. Ting has spoken. The, the soundtrack was good, though, but you don't need to play the game to listen to some music. You had a couple? Not in the same category? Mm, I mean, looking through that list of upcoming games, the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe, just because it seems so ridiculous. I, I just... I think I just the humor in the Stanley Parable appeals to me. When he's like, we're going to lock it in the vault because it's perfect. And it's like, wait, we didn't release it on consoles. And it's just like raining money and he's just drowning in money. If they added more endings and they made it a bit less jank, it, it could be hilarious. Especially if they add more like more meta game to it. You know, like levels within levels within levels of meta because like the stanley parable is itself such a thing now i've not played it okay i will say no more then you can keep saying i just don't expect a reaction (laughs) okay i think it was originally due out actually the other did you watch the trailer for this one no there's another funny thing in the trailer where they talk about how many awards they were nominated for and then the trailer is just like one after another, I'm going, and the award for best narrative goes to The Last of Us. The Last of Us. The Last of Us. And then Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe. You know, I, I think it says 2019. And then, because obviously, I mean, it's obviously didn't come out in 2019. It's going to come out sometime, maybe this year. But obviously at the time, Last of Us 2 was going to come out in 2019 as well. So they're like, what do you mean Last of Us 2 is coming out this year? Sorry, this is completely lost on you. It's funnier if you watch the trailer. <laughs> the System Shock remake as well, I'm quite curious about. Because I played System Shock 2, and I really enjoyed it. I played it with cheats, I should add. Because I actually found it... I, I really enjoyed the story and the setting, but I actually found the game too stressful to play and too difficult. So I just turned on God Mode. But I'm kind of curious about System Shock 1, which I never played. But it was also a terrible 320 by 200 DOS mess. So a remake of that, I'm interested in. I think I have slightly more mental resilience now as well. So maybe I'd be able to play it without getting too stressed. I don't know about that. You can't play Half-Life Alex. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true, actually. Like, conspicuously absent from my currently playing list is Half-Life Alex because I just... I, it's it's too exhausting to play. Like having things jump at your face in VR is requires energy to deal with. Energy that I don't have right now. Maybe now I finished the battle pass grind, I'll pick it up again. You just told me you just need to have coffee beforehand, and everything, all problems are solved. Yeah, maybe that too. So I wanted to finish with what we wanted as remakes stroke remasters tell start do you want to define what's a remake and what's a remaster or we'll cross that bridge if we come to it 
let's define it now. I mean, a remaster is basically taking the original game and polishing it up. Whereas a remake is taking the core story style something of the original game but you're you're rebuilding it from scratch i mean just to give concrete examples we've got the final fantasy 7 remake and there's also a final fantasy 8 remaster and they're obviously totally different anyway go ahead i wrote down this one super mario galaxy remastered since you don't actually believe it's a real thing, I can put it here as a dream. This, if it's happening, must surely be announced any day now. I'm sorry, future Mike. I hope this happens. <laughs> I hope this doesn't get announced too soon. <laughs> well, for the sake of my editing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it'll be announced by the time I actually get this podcast episode edited. I think as well, something I realised for myself is that I prefer remasters i don't want remakes because the whole reason i've i want the game remastered is because i didn't play the original and the original is just too old for me now yeah whereas a remake would be essentially a different game yeah so following that is mass effect trilogy and the rumor is there is a hd remaster of this coming according to this venture beat article i'm sorry i'm just making a face because this game was already HD. I, I know when they say HD remaster, they don't literally mean HD. They mean making it look like a modern day 2020 graphics game. Yeah. More shaders. Higher resolution textures. And I guess um, a remaster doesn't mean they can't change gameplay. Yeah, you might often have subtle quality of life improvements in a remaster. And they may remove... I I got the impression that some sections were really laborious. Mm, I don't know. Okay. And then finally, uh, Splinter Cell, because it's just been so long. So long. And we talked about the benefit of ray tracing, potentially with Splinter Cell. Wouldn't that change the game? I, You know what, I never played Splinter Cell. But wouldn't ray trace lighting really mess with that game in some ways? Like, if if the lighting became based on real lighting, do you think that would work? I, I actually don't know because I haven't played the game. Because you don't think the AI would integrate well with that? I don't know. I mean, maybe it'd work better. I just, I imagine that it might change things a lot. I don't know if it'd work better or worse. It would just look way cooler. Was Splinter Cell the one where you just shoot out all the lights? Yes, we've been here before, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that would be very cool. And then I asked you to do three. Yeah, I just... I just, like, threw Shh. three together. Don't. Don't do that. Okay, okay. Don't do <laughs> So, the three that just off the top of my head I produced... Final Fantasy Tactics, remaster it again. Because we actually already had one remaster of this. There mm, was what? The Lion War. I think it's called The Lion War. The, the PSP remaster, basically. And the problem was that it was on the PSP? Well, you can play it on phones now as well, but I think, I think none of the versions has done the audio right. Like, the audio and the animation speed has just been wrong on everything but the original playstation version and it was, it's definitely a coding issue not a resources issue because like obviously modern devices have like way more power than a ps1 and also on the psp even you could emulate the ps1 game and it didn't have the audio issues so sort out the graphics upres everything fix the audio issues fix the animation speed issues and put back the flavor text before spells like that was something i missed i when you cast a spell in the original game or use an ability there was a very small percentage that your character would just say some like catchphrase and i thought that was cool and they took it out of the remaster so put that back in 
They were just so cool. You know, like young Mike. Young Mike thought it was just so cool. Like armor won't help the heart stay sharp. Shell burst stab. <laughs> no? He really isn't asking for much. Yeah, that's right. It's weird that I remember these catchphrases, like decades later. It was just so cool. I feel like it's one of your character traits. <laughs> what? Remembers Final Fantasy Tactics catchphrases. If it's not useful, he'll remember it. Remembers garbage information. Forgets people's birthdays. Sorry, Ting. Perfect. Okay. And then a good, emphasis good, Master of Orion remake. Actually, I really mean Master of Orion 2 remake. Because we've had, actually, Master of Orion 3, and we've also had a reboot of Master of Orion. But I just, like, didn't really like either of them. And I feel like, I feel like the people making these games just don't understand what was good about Master of Orion, or specifically Master of Orion 2. So I would like a good remake, actually, to be honest, it could be a sequel, a good Master of Orion 2 successor. You can't just throw a grenade like that out there and then just not follow it up. What's the grenade? What do you need me to elaborate on? It's like they don't didn't know what made Master of Orion 2 good. Yeah, they clearly didn't. Like, they clearly, wow. Because <laughs> like Master, Master of Orion 3 was absolute hot trash. Like it was terrible. Like the whole game was like this incoherent mess. It... it it just barely functions. Like, there are so many things wrong with Master of Orion 3. Okay. Uh, as in, I can't even begin to go into how many things are wrong with it. Like, if you actually ask me, like, okay, what do they do right about Master of Orion 3? I actually couldn't even tell you one thing. Fine. So that's how bad Fine. that one was. The, the recent reboot, actually, was better. But, it wasn't really Master of Orion. It was basically Endless Space. Like, it played a lot like Endless Space, which is another 4X space sim. Like, what, what is the major thing every game since has been missing? Basically, the ship design and tactical battles. I mean, you could argue that modern audiences don't have the patience for it. But, I don't know, I think that's wrong. I don't know. I mean, we've got Stellaris now, so maybe it's moot. Finally. A good, <laughs> emphasis good, Deus Ex remake. This is a really good idea. Yeah. Because, like, Deus Ex sequel was bad. Right? Invisible War, terrible game. I'm sorry, it was just so bad. The prequel games, actually pretty good. But prequels are constraining. There's only so much you can do. And I think the vision of the original Deus Ex, th there was just so much to it. You know, there was, there was so much potential there. So a remake of Deus Ex, like how faithful the remake do you want it to be? That's the question. Like, do you really... You could literally just remake Deus Ex and slightly modernize the mechanics, but just don't dumb it down. Like, don't do an invisible war on it, right? You still want it to be Deus Ex. You could also do a reboot kind of remake where you basically keep the future tech conspiracy theory elements of the game but you don't recreate the story beat for beat. And I think that could also be very good. I don't remember if the levels were, were large enough. Would they be large enough for today? That's what I mean. I think that the original game, the levels were large enough. Because the original game was for PC. And they also went super high detailed in a lot of ways. So they could be surprisingly large. Also, I think they did a lot of like zone loading. The, the levels in the original Deus Ex were certainly a lot bigger than the levels in the sequel. 
I still remember like breaking into the apartment building of the executive in Hong Kong to like retrieve the dragon's tooth or something like, you know, and like the number of ways you could get into that apartment building was like really surprising. So yeah, a Deus Ex remake. That's what I'd like. You know, all of these could come this year is an announcement. Who owns the license for Deus Ex now? Eidos. Yes. Square Enix. No, they're, they're the publisher? Square Enix owns Eidos. Oh. <laughs> okay. Who knows? I mean, they did Final Fantasy VII then. So we'll see. I won't hold my breath. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please, please, please. You can find us on email. Mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club On Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. Anywhere else? Reddit. Slash r slash Lost Levels Club. On Twitch. As Lost Levels Club. So Mike, what are you grateful for today? I am grateful for maxing out the Call of Duty <laughs> Season 3 Battle Pass. Also, coffee and a free pass to eat a restorative donut. That's three. Are you happy now, Ting? Are you satisfied? Yeah, that's really good. You see, this is what happens when you drink coffee. <laughs> there you go. Why do I ever stop? So Michael says bye. Bye-bye.